the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand. When you are acting honorably, you are not seeking to honor yourself. This is a toxic era in the church. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. Bless yourself. Honor yourself. The character of honor never ever makes itself the first object of honor. When it comes to honor and being honorable, those of us who are Christians should walk the highest road in this regard. After all, it is our Heavenly Father who is the origin of honor. Hi there, and welcome. This is Way of Grace. Our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stand, continues with our look at what it means to be honorable people. We're in 1 Peter chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 7. We'll also spend a bit of time in Acts and the book of Luke, as well as 1 Chronicles. Join us, won't you, as we continue our look at what it means to be honorable people. With today's edition of Way of Grace, our teacher and pastor, here's Pastor Jessica Stan. Point number one, it is a position of strength. You are strong when you are honorable. Point number two, it's a privilege of what? Do you see it now? Do you see what I mean by if you are thinking honorably, God's going to open doors. He's going to open doors for you. And people are going to hear and see and observe your behavior as being one of honor. And that's going to lead to an opportunity for you to talk about God. You're going to be able to talk about God simply because you are walking in honor with God. Simply because you're thinking right. Simply because you understand the privilege of being a royal child of God. The third sub point in that category before I deal with our text is that it is a practice of what? All right, so all three of those is what I want you to think about. Why, pastor, should I be honorable? Because it's a position of strength. It actually determines whether or not you have the virtue. Now, you say you're a child of God. Is that what you say? I'm a child of God. Do you understand the potency behind that position? I'm a child of God. Do you understand the requisite to being a child of God? I'm a child of God. Do you understand the worth and value and the supply of grace, and the wisdom, and the knowledge, and all of the heavenly resources that are at your disposal because you're a child of God. Do you understand that? Do you understand that when you're called a child of God, you are saying that you are the son of the God of the universe? Did you hear that? Do you know what that means? Everything is yours. Everything is yours that you don't have any reason to think that you are in want because you are a son of God. Now, now, think this through. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the most high God, like religious folks say. 
If that's true, and you're God's child, he has given you everything necessary for life and godliness through Jesus. If that's true, he has made you an heir and joint heir with Christ. That means an equal heir, not a lesser heir, an equal heir with Christ. That means all of the resources of heaven and earth are yours. See, now right here is really where the nexus is. I'm going to talk about that when we get to um, the uh, deficit of those who are dishonorable. I'll talk about that in a moment. Right now, you are comfortable enough to tell people that you're a child of God, but I don't really think you understand the implications of it. I don't think you understand the implications. Let me make it really simple. If you're a child of God, but you're not talking to the Father communing with the Father, and drawing from the Father the resources that a father gives to the firstborn in order that you might affirm your sonship, which is what God does, uh, then you are not aware of the privileges and benefits and the virtues of being a son of God. You're not aware that as, as a very son of God, you have all of the marks of majesty upon you by which when you speak for God, God has to honor that. You don't know that. Am I making some sense? So here's the text that I'm going to use to demonstrate that. You remember when we just preached on Mary and Joseph being the uh, vehicle by which the Lord Jesus came into the world? Did God honor them? Did God honor them? Were they honored? Right. Did they act honorably? Did they act honorably? Absolutely. They are a great example of one whom God honored because when God honors you, he comes to you with his secret. When God honors you, he comes to you with his gospel. When God honors you, he comes to you with his covenant. He comes to you with his plan. He comes to you with his scheme. And then he asks you to join in with him on the scheme and its process and development. That's when God honors you. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He showed it to Mary and Joseph, right? And they were honorable enough to hold on to the scandal of the gospel, weren't they? Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then didn't we learn that after they had the baby— all the hell they went through in the humility process that comes before honor, that God honored them with the wealthy wise men coming down from the, north, from, the, from the east, right? North on one and east on the other. You guys remember that? How that these poor young couple found themselves engulfed in the wealth and riches and honor that was bestowed upon the sun. Do you guys remember that? When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their what? And when they had opened their treasures, this next clause underscores one point that I can state in two words. Three, they honored him. How many of you guys see that? They honored him. Did they honor him? Now watch this. You know how they honored him? by their prostration before him as king. You know how they honored him? By their giving him the riches that they possessed that was worthy of a king that they had acknowledged before him. Do you see it? Do you see? Do you see that honor is giving away? Honor is bestowing? Honor is expressing? Honor is holding? They held to such an honorable view of the Son of God that they came thousands of miles away to see him. See it? Do you see it? Stay with me. I want to show you something. One of the reasons why they were called kings, 
And they were literally wise men. Magi in the Greek means that you are one of the wise ones you hold to secrets and mysteries. And that's a whole nother subject. But we know this, that the gospel had gone into Persia. It had gone into Babylon. It had gone into Greece. And in the whole world, known world at that time. So even those who were of other religions heard about the master, the Lord Jesus. And God's elect are always brought out of pagan religions into the truth of the gospel. When they are made known by the gospel, the centrality of who God is in Christ. And the evidence of it is that they honor him. They'll come from the far regions of the universe to find the son, to bow before the son, and to give way glory. Notice, this is why I said the struggle for for some of us not being honorable people is because you have to give stuff away. You see what they did? They gave gold myrrh and frankincense. They gave away. When you're an honorable person, you are used to giving. That's the word I want you to attach to honor. If I'm going to be an honorable person this year, I have to be used to giving, not taking, giving. Do you see the revelation? Now, the reason they're called wise men and kings is because honor is really for dignitaries. I said this last night in our men's meeting. I said it on Friday. When you are called to be honorable, it presumes you are a dignitary. It presumes that you are a king or a queen or a prince or a princess with the resources by which you can show honor. Now, down the line, we will demonstrate that and affirm that in the book of Daniel because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were princes in Judah in the line of Jesus, and they were brought into Babylon. And the reason they attained to heights of honor is because they maintained their identity in Christ and their dignity in Christ, and they honored God, so God honored them even in Babylon. Y'all hear what I just stated? So what I'm saying is when we contemplate the concept of honor, we are contemplating the concept of dignitaries. Are you a dignitary? If you're a son of God, you are of the highest dignified people in the universe. You see how your mind has to change? You see how your mind has to change? You see it? You see it? They gave away. They prostrated themselves. They gave away. They, they laid on him. By the way, I want you to see this as we keep going. When you honor someone, you make them heavy. You give them substance. You place weight on them for which everybody else now has to assess the value of that person because the weight that you place on. I love this. And you're going to see this when we get down to a latter point. This happens even in pagan cultures. I was impacted by this many, many years ago, preaching the gospel around the world in poor countries. We don't have it here in America anymore for a whole lot of reasons. For a whole lot of reasons, we are not honorable people. But in third world countries, honor is the way they operate it. This is why in Hawaii, when you come to visit them, what is the thing they put around your neck? And they put it around your neck as a sign of honoring you. And someone that's highly honored ends up getting five and six and seven and eight and ten of them until you're loaded down. Are you hearing me? This should be the way we deal with people rhetorically and in our mind and in our heart. Laden them with the honor that is due them. Now, what's the name of the thing they wrap around the head? I can't hear somebody. T- what is it? A lace? Lay? Like just lay it over? Now, watch this. Now, watch this. And we call ourselves children of the living God. And we don't have a lay anywhere. Did you hear me? Not a lay anywhere. People who are worthy of honor come into our presence. We don't have a lay anywhere. We're broke poverty-stricken, 
disassociated from our calling. You see what I just, what I mean? You're going to see in a minute, even the pagan in the scriptures knew how to honor people. How much more the saints of the living God? All right, let's keep going. So I have just defined honor, and I have stated in point number two that honor is an act of virtue, that honorable people show or render what? Honor. That only honorable people show or render honor. This is clearly laid out in the Matthew 2.10 text because by implication, you are someone who has been positioned with strength, privileged with opportunity, and you are practicing, practicing, practicing appreciation. Did they practice appreciation for Christ? All right. So now, the reason why is because when you are operating in a position of strength, you have a resource you can draw from. We call it the well of grace. When you're operating from a position of strength, you have a resource to draw from. You go to God, you commune with God, God opens the storehouse of his wisdom and of his blessings and of his mercy, and he gives them to you, and now you can give them to other people. For many of us, they are largely, they are largely intangible, but the honor I am talking about is both rhetorical, intangible, as well as practical, intangible. Am I making some sense? So when you're an honorable person, you live a life of giving. You have lays everywhere. And you look for someone to laden them with layers. Who, pastor? That's the list I'm going to give you next week. Who, pastor? You should know. You should know your Bibles, but I'm going to give you the list. It's going to be 40 things and persons that the Bible explicitly says that you should be honoring. Now help us. Kabod in the Old Testament, doxa in the New Testament. Both of those words are translated uh, glory, to make heavy, bestow weight, or abundance, to manifest splendor, virtue, glory. You are giving away. You are divesting yourself. Watch this now. You are divesting yourself of something, but it is not self-honor. Do you see that? So here's the next thing I want to say about it. Because I'm getting ready to explain an aspect of it that you must understand it is not. When you are acting honorably, you are not seeking to honor yourself. This is a toxic era in the church. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. Bless yourself. Honor yourself. Stay with me. The character of honor never ever makes itself the first object of honor. Do you guys hear what I just stated? The character of honor never ever makes itself the first object of honor. This is why in Proverbs chapter 27, 2, it says, let another man praise you and not your own lips. Let another person praise you and not your own lips. This is what you're going to learn in the book of Esther, because there's a fool running around who won't praise. Truth be told, some of us are just like him. And we will not dare give anybody else praise who is worthy of it, because until I get my praise... I'm not giving none. That's a problem. Let another man praise you, not your own lips. You know what Jesus said in the Gospel of John? He said it in the Gospel of John 8, 54. He says, watch this. If I honor myself, my honor is not true. Did Jesus come to honor himself? Who did he come to honor? The Father. You know what the promise is? 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. Those that honor God, God will honor them. Snatch that out. Snatch it out. Snatch it out. Well, we know it's true because we are crystal-centric people. 
We know that everything that Christ is, we are in him. Is that true? We know that if Christ did it and it redounded to his honor, it's going to redound to mine. Is that true? Now, all I want God to do is keep me in the paradigm of Christ so that the honor is mine. Which means I must walk in humility because before honor is what? If he did it with his son, he's got to do it to me, right? And, and watch this, by the way. Watch this. Watch this. If you meet a person who knows how to exercise appreciation and vocalize or express or hold to and defer honor on people, that person is humble. This is an amazing thing. When you meet really qualified people in any particular field of interest, I mean really qualified persons, characteristically, who really know that where they are is a true blessing, that the position they hold is a true blessing, that the office they have is a true blessing, and they know that they didn't get there on their own. I was talking about this in council with someone the other day, and I was saying this. While our world lives philosophically on the notion of science being God, and therefore there is no God, the vast majority of us in the world, whether saved or not, will always acknowledge that it is God who has honored us. Did you guys hear what I just stated? Saved and not. The vast majority of us will acknowledge that we do not get into a position of honor unless God puts us there. Saved or not. And we are not divesting ourselves of the fact that we had to work hard, get a good education, and go through the process of humility before honor. We do acknowledge the process. But we do know that honor comes from God. That's going to be our next point. Did you hear what I just stated? What that means then When God honors somebody, your job is to recognize that God honored them. That's why Peter and Paul told the church, don't be doing what the culture is doing, fighting with the king, fighting with the government, fighting with the regionals, fighting with everybody. Don't get political. Don't get into argumentations about your rights. If you live right, God will protect you and the door will open for men to ask you of the hope of the calling that's in you. I've been saying this for years, and the church always loses its honor when it takes on political and secular power. But here's what God told his people to do. In this crazy world where people are arguing and fighting and brawling, you honor. That changes the whole atmosphere on the job, doesn't it? Instead of you collapsing into the same argumentation and gossip and slander and ridicule and all of that other stuff, which you used to do. You see where I'm at with this? Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor is not true. That's why he said in John 7, 17, if any man will do the will of God, he will know whether the doctrine be of God or the doctrine be of man. When God gives you a desire to know him, you will know him. And when he doesn't, you won't. And you will drift into the melee and labyrinth of all kinds of crazy things going on in the world because the devil has a gazillion ways of distracting you until you end up in hell. And do you know what people will in hell say? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I lived all my life near the word. And I heard the wisdom of God. And I saw from a distance the glory of Christ. And I still lived like a fool. And now I'm in hell, like the rich man over against Lazarus. All because they lived a dishonorable life. They didn't train their thoughts to be honorable. And therefore have the principle that out of the abundance of the heart, that the what? Because you're going to say what's in your heart. 
But listen, child of God, when we talk about thinking right, reflecting right, processing right, we're talking about a, an intensive, intentional labor. And I've said it before, you can't just naturally think right. We naturally think wrong. To think right is a discipline. It's a discipline. And a child of God that's serious about being honorable doesn't let his mind or her mind just be filled with the birds of the air, lodging in the branches of our thoughts, poo-pooing all over the place in our head. I got to paint the picture for some of y'all because you guys, y'all don't listen to Bible anyway. Y'all don't read your Bible. But I'm, I'm, raise your hand if you know I just quoted the Bible. I just quoted the Bible. Isaiah plainly said it. Why do vain thoughts lodge in your head like blackbirds that poop everywhere? He was talking about his children Israel because he knew the imagination of their hearts. He knew that they were idolaters. He knew that they didn't honor him. And he knew that if you have these kind of evil birds lodging in your brain, what goes in is what comes out. Can I keep talking? Right, this is so very important. So then under our second, uh, third point, I want to make this clear. Dishonorable people operate from three sub points yet. A deficit of what? The trap of what? And the bondage of what? Right. So I want to make this good for you. I really do want to make this good for you. There are two kinds of people in the world, dishonorable people and honorable people. It's just that, it's just that way. My studies around this for the last six or seven months have just forged me into this clarity. You only have two kinds of people, honorable people, dishonorable people, especially in God's eyes. Now, it's very true that honorable people can sometimes act dishonorably. And it's very true that dishonorable people can do a smidgen of honor sometimes. There's a smidgen. But the problem with that is almost always rooted in self-centeredness. So in God's eyes, it's not honor. Remember what I said? If I honor myself, my honor is not true. Dishonorable people have a deficit of weakness and because of that weakness, they are trapped by self-centeredness. And because they're trapped by self-centeredness, they live in the bondage of what? That's good. You don't know it, but it's good. And I need you to get it. Because that's some of us. Some of us are walking in a deficit of weakness. And here's the substratum of what we call the foundation that leads to the fruit of honor. It's always one word, faith. When your faith is weak, you cannot be honorable. Because honor pleases God, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is a substratum to everything. Is that true? And the substratum to faith is what? Love. The substratum to faith is love. That's why we struggle. Because our faith is weak, because our love is weak. And when our faith is weak and our love is weak, then we're dishonorable. Because we're like that person whose whole being is in need of nutrient and resources, and they don't have the ability to give because they don't have nothing to give. Am I making some sense? But this is why playing games with building up your faith has tragic consequences for you. Some of you actually think you don't have to build yourself up in your most holy faith. And as a consequence, you are actually operating in dishonor right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't have the ability to give. You don't have the ability to defer. You don't have the ability to express because you have such a massive deficit in your own soul. Now, you say you're a child of God. Now, if you're a child of God, you're a child of faith. And if you're a child of faith, you're a child of love. And you have the resources. But if you don't tap into them, you can't bear that fruit. It's really true. It's really as simple as I'm saying. 
And that's your Bible. You know what? You know what this pastor is amazed by? Can I tell you what I'm amazed by? The sufficiency of Scripture. Right now, our whole world, particularly the religious world, is going away from any confidence in the Word of God. I'm just the opposite. That Bible is so prolific in its clarity, in its power, in its sufficiency, in its glory, in its wonder, and its splendor. I'm overwhelmed by the Bible. Overwhelmed by its accuracy, overwhelmed by its clarity, overwhelmed by its coherency, overwhelmed by its simplicity. The greatest treasure in the world, the Word of God. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. If you're trying to tom-tom us or uh, Google us for the map, you can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.